0: And at just about 11 o'clock, you are listening to KOPN Columbia 89.5 FM. My name is Mike Hagan. This is Radio Orbit. I'll be back with you in just a few minutes.
1: In the dark And where I left My own heart If I can't go Let me know The car That we parked Outside your old house In the dark And where I left My own heart If I can't go Let me know All this talk And all this commotion has got you feeling empty inside leaving You got no
0: one day you'll be a ghost good evening everyone good morning good day whoever you are wherever and whenever you might be listening to this show welcome to it radio orbit good to be with you tonight once again glad to be back here in the studio talking with you live every monday we do it here kopn columbia 11 o'clock until two in the morning that might change a little bit here relatively soon maybe just one in the morning once in a while. But at any rate, uh, we investigate the cutting edges in science and technology and nature, art, music, medicine. Sometimes strange things, sometimes unusual. Always interesting, usually pretty cool. You're listening to it Monday, June 22nd, 2020. Hope you're all doing well out there. Things are good for you tonight. Welcome to the show. Hope you're enjoying the evening. Another warm Monday night here in mid-Missouri. Just past new moon yesterday. So we've got what they call a waxing crescent. Right now just a sliver of a moon up there though. And the sky is pretty clear after a nice weekend. Take a look outside yourself. See what you think. And see what you see more importantly. Always nice to look up there into the heavens and see what's happening. I was talking to one of my neighbors the other day about uh, just time outside in the evening and it doesn't take long these days before you'll see something up there that you'll wonder what it is it might be moving or flashing or standing still and flashing or traveling with a partner or a lot of things up there in the heavens now most of them explainable certainly lots and lots of satellites that can be identified now and that are zipping above us and around us all the time and then of course there are once in a while you see something like shooting stars or uh, sporadic fireball uh, fireballs and even some things that can't be explained you know or at least haven't been explained things that are unidentified unknown it doesn't take long you go outside and sit down and relax and just stare up at the heavens for 30 minutes. Give me 30 minutes, and I guarantee you're going to see something. You'll be like, huh, I wonder what that was. Anyway, all right. It's a lovely night one way or the other to uh, curl up and listen into Radio Orbit. Let me take care of a few pieces of business here, and then we'll get on to the show, all right? Yeah. All right, big thanks to uh, the remarkable KOPN staff and volunteers, everyone that makes it happen here. 24 7 365 days a year been doing it almost 50 years now an amazing collection of people that make it happen up here at the mighty fine 89 on mondays woody gets things moving with traditional classic country and ameripolitan music more country than ever from 3 to 6 p.m with the real deal country show woody giving us the great stuff today had a special that was dedicated to uh uh an inspiration and one of his heroes someone who um inspired him to actually get involved in radio and you know for the life of me i can't remember the name of the gentleman but i think it was woody's cousin so anyway great stuff today on the real deal country show tech radio guys normally at six i don't think they were on the air tonight though i was listening till about six thirty, and i didn't hear the tech radio guys so maybe they didn't have a program produced for this week uh, hopefully next week we'll get back to the Tech Radio guys. They do a great job of keeping us up to date on what's happening in the crazy world of advancing technology. Lots of times things that are uh, dovetail with this show pretty well. Uh, Kelvin, wonderful stuff again. Always tipping the hat to Kelvin. Jazz plus blues equals soul. And just concluding, New Wave Radio Theater. Amazing stuff tonight with uh, the play by John Ball in the heat of the night. Great stuff there on New Wave Radio Theater. You're listening to it here. It's KOPN Columbia. 89 and a half on the dial and streaming all around this crazy planet at www.kopn.org. Your imagination station, KOPN Columbia. All right, big thanks to all of you out there for listening and participating. Getting a lot of feedback lately. I appreciate it. And uh, if you want to get a hold of me, easy to do, email MikeHagan at MikeHagan.com, Twitter MikeHagan, Instagram, Open Mic Radio, Orbit, and uh, regardless, uh, get a hold of me, and I appreciate those of you who do. Cheers. Keep it up. I like to hear from people, whatever the message might be, and whatever your message is, feel free to send it to me, whether you have a potential guest in mind, perhaps, or a musical artist. Maybe you yourself are an artist of some sort. and would like to share your work with me. Poetry, visual art, music, all that stuff. Uh, love to see it. And love to share it with other people. Okay? Uh, again, the easiest way probably on the web, uh, through the website, www.mikehagan.com. All right, last week, Geronimo, Apache leader, warrior, medicine man, Goyatle, Heyaho. Geronimo. We did a special uh, tribute piece to the... Native American Apache named Geronimo. We also did space weather and uh, covered some news stories, took a phone call or two. Shout out to Willie, gave us a good call from, uh, I think he was in Columbia here. At any rate, uh, probably do that again tonight. We've got a few things lined up for this evening, but no, uh, no special guest tonight. So um, we'll open the phone lines 573 443 8255. And 573-443-7380, either one of those numbers will get you through here to me in the studio. And I'd be glad to say hi, and we can chat about whatever it is that you might have on your mind. If you missed the show last week, or any of the older shows for that matter, they're on the web and available uh, in the archives at the website. Once again, that's MikeHagan.com. And there are archives for the shows and archives for the music and... uh, uh, and if you go to the forum, you'll find an archive for news stories that I find interesting and other people find interesting, uh, and have posted up there on the forum over the last many months. And there are hundreds and hundreds of stories, uh, really just stuff that's uh, uh, things that I find interesting or other people. In other words, there are there are about 250 people that are members over there at the forum, and any of uh, any of them can post comment. Uh, reply chat etc and if you'd like to join us over there once again real easy to do just click on the little button that says radio orbit forum from the website and it will take you over to the subreddit for radio orbit and if you subscribe there you can participate you don't have to you can still read everything um, you know if you want to be anonymous or whatever but if you actually want to subscribe uh, it's really easy to do and uh, and then you have the ability then to, uh, to respond and to post your own stuff and, uh, and to uh, share karma and all that kind of stuff. All right. So anyway. All right. That is uh, once again, the radio orbit forum. And it says so right at the Mike Hagen website. Okay. Lots of new members recently. And hello. Thanks for joining the party. All right. Um, Yeah, at the top of the forum, there is a pinned post, and that is regarding the new Radio Orbit podcast. Uh, The podcast is available now at most of your streaming platforms, so just go look for Mike Hagan's Radio Orbit, and you'll be able to get all these programs magically appearing on your podcast player as soon as they're uploaded to the net. And that way, if you miss the program and you're not uh, able to hear... Live on Monday nights from 11 to 2. You can listen to it at your at your leisure, and it'll be there in your in your podcast player. All right. Uh, once again, tonight, open lines. I've got a few surprises for you. Uh, the number is 573-443-7380. 573-443-8255. All right. Once again, 573-443-7380 and 443-8255 if you wanna call in and say hello. For the music tonight, we have songs from Andrew Ryan. Andrew is a friend of mine from St. Louis, and he sent me a couple copies of his new record that's called Wild Terrain. Fantastic stuff from St. Louis, Missouri. We started the show off with a tune called All This Talk, and I'm gonna wet my whistle and I'll play another one from my friend Andrew Ryan. Then we'll come back and talk a little bit more. This one here is a song that's called Moving Target. New stuff from Andrew Ryan. And I'll be back with you in a few minutes. It's Mike. You're listening to Radio Orbit on KOPN Columbia, 89.5 FM. We're streaming on the web at www.kopn.org. Back in a few minutes. Once again, this is Andrew Ryan. New song called Moving Target.
1: As I wander through the dark, always of my mind, your reflection appears. in every mirror that I see, and every shadow that I cast, the emptiness appears. Ain't it funny how you said? Life's a moving target What does it mean to just exist? So if you feel the changes In the currents or the wind Don't tell me that I've changed that's just not true Maybe someday I'll come back for you And as I wander through the dark empty streets at night Memories appear In every building that I see and every song that I hear The emptiness is here Ain't it funny how you said Life's a moving target What does it mean to just exist? Feel the changes in the currents or the wind. And don't tell me that I've changed, cause that's just not the truth. Maybe someday I'll come back for you. Maybe someday I'll come back for you.
0: All right, great stuff there from Andrew Ryan. New music from Andrew. And you're listening to it here on Radio Orbit, KOPN Columbia, 89.5 FM. Sure appreciate uh, Andrew sending me a couple copies of his new record. It's called Wild Terrain. You cannot delete yourself. And I love the album cover. Fantastic stuff. And I appreciate the music coming out of <clears throat> St. Louis. Uh, Andrew's been here in town a few times. In fact, he's appeared on my uh friday morning show called open mic radio that airs every friday at nine o'clock until 10 o'clock and typically i have live music uh well i used to have live music in the studio and uh those days are gone and so we don't do live music anymore but we are uh featuring people you know on a weekly basis i'll get uh, someone on the phone and talk a little bit about their music and then kind of feature their songs throughout the show that happens uh every Friday at 9, open mic radio here on KOPN. But anyway, my friend Andrew Ryan's been uh, down to visit me a few times here, and uh, he's a great songwriter and a producer as well, multi-instrumentalist, and real hard-working guy. Travels out and about all over the country, and he's even been busy this year when uh, many people haven't been. But he does a great job of mixing some sort of folk and garage rock and a little bit of alt country in there perhaps and mixing it all together and making it sound real good. So anyway, Andrew Ryan, you can check him out on the web. Uh, The best place, at least as far as I can tell, is uh, Spotify. Just type in Andrew Ryan. And actually, I think if I go to my own website, I think there's another... Oh, he's got a great Bandcamp page. Yeah, that's what... That's what you want to do. If you go to uh, if you go to my website at com and just scroll down the front page there, it says uh, coming up Monday, June 22nd, anything goes, open lines. And then it says, and music by Andrew Ryan. And if you click on that button there that says Andrew Ryan, that'll take you to his Bandcamp page. And you can actually listen to all of his music or at least uh, the great majority of it, including his older record from 2017 that was called Across Cross Currents, which I... Uh, that was the first record that I uh, had uh, been introduced to Andrew's music through. And um, anyway, he's a talented guy and a real nice young man as well. And it's fun to get to know him. And I'm glad that I get to play some of his new music for you tonight. Once again, Andrew Ryan on the web. at Andrew Ryan uh, at Bandcamp. Or you can find him uh, on Spotify as well. Okay? All righty. Now... Um, Let's mention those phone lines once again, 573-443-7380 and 573-443-8255. Either one of those will get you here into the station, uh, into the studio, I should say, and on the air with me. I'm going to play a couple of short pieces throughout the program tonight. I'm trying to decide which one that I should play first. I have a piece that's called Unprecedented. Rules Without Rulers, and it's about a 20-minute piece that was produced by uh, the wonderful Andreas Antonopoulos. Uh, For those familiar with the program, or if you're familiar with cryptocurrency, uh, Bitcoin, Litecoin, Ethereum, that type of stuff, then you'll be familiar with the name Andreas Antonopoulos. He is probably the leading spokesperson in the world for uh, open blockchain technology. And he was on the program here with me, I want to say November of 2019, um, maybe November of 2018. I don't know, it's been about a year, year and a half since I spoke with Andreas. But anyway, he's uh, always very busy. And he produced something recently that I think is worth listening to. And it sort of falls in line with A a, a thought that that I've been having as I've been watching uh, the world sort of come undone over the last five, six months. And there are lots of questions as to what's going on in general. Um, You know, of course, we have coronavirus and all the associated uh, difficulties that have come along with that. But there are a lot of other things, too. And many of them are not new, but they're just sort of coming Uh, To a head right now is perhaps a reasonably good way to put it. But, you know, just trouble and and difficulty managing situations. And I'm not just talking about here in the United States of America. I'm talking about all over the world. Uh, The developed world, the the developing world, um, and every place in between. Uh, There is difficulty in just managing life and, and, and trying to achieve uh, a decent and, uh, respectful, um, dignified uh, quality of life, you know, for, for everybody. That's really what people want. You know, I mean, most people just want some dignity and, uh, you know, A chance to enjoy life a little bit and 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 be with the people that they care about and and not be threatened you know and not be in danger all the time of course we're all in danger all the time anyway just being a biological organism is an extremely dangerous proposition it's a lot more dangerous than being a rock (laughs) you know i mean we're uh i guess i guess that's easier said than uh, than proven but Um, biological organisms are fragile and there are many things that can harm us, certainly end our lives. And many of them are out of our control. The great majority of them are out of our control. Uh, You know, things happen. Um, Diseases uh, happen. Accidents happen. Uh, Just life, Uh, you know, nothing lasts forever here. So, um, at any rate, people want to have a chance to enjoy their life and, uh, and that's becoming more and more difficult. The American dream that was so prominent and, and, and so, uh, such an icon of, of, uh, real real honest uh, uh goals and objectives for people all over the world you know fifty seventy years ago let's call it seventy years ago in nineteen fifty uh, you know it was actually possible to uh you know to make your to, to make yourself in america and 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 to make a good life for for yourself and your family, I realize things have never been perfect here, and uh, they're certainly not perfect now. But uh, there was hope, and uh, and the potential for uh, you know for uh, for success and and for and for those simple things that that most people want. You know, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, a little bit of dignity, and. Uh, some respect and 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 you know that's really what people are looking for and it's it's become more and more difficult to achieve as the years have rolled forward and now uh, it's almost a desperate situation if you really look at the the you know the forget about what you're seeing on the on the the mainstream news, I mean, that's, I guess there's a little bit of truth in there, but really that's just designed to placate or to to rile up. Um, But if you look deeply into economics or if you look deeply into, you know, uh, the education system or the healthcare system or the tax system, uh, you'll find broken, broken things. And why are they broken? Um, there are lots of different ideas including you know conspiratorial ones that that, that would uh, imply that that lots of this is uh, is purposeful and there may be an element of that I in fact I believe that there is always an element of of uh, groups or uh, organizations that are trying to take advantage of any particular situation. Um, you know, the Hillary Clinton said it uh, famously years ago, never let a good crisis go to waste. I think Rahm Emanuel is actually the one that started that off. He may have been the first one that I heard it from, but Hillary g- grabbed onto it, and a lot of people have. Um, Rahm Emanuel, of course, was the uh, the mayor of Chicago for, for many years. and uh, But now it's become sort of, politically expedient to to do exactly that to take a crisis uh, whether you were expecting it or not and then try to use that crisis to to forward your own agenda or the agenda of your group etc and that happens absolutely nonstop in fact we're seeing it all the time um that doesn't mean that any of those particular groups or individuals or organizations are really in control of anything. They're certainly trying, vying for control, uh, but I don't believe that they really have any. Um, they can cause a lot of trouble even in, in, in the effort, though. Um, but really, what I've been thinking over the last you know, six months, and certainly before that to a certain extent, but really sort of uh, really... In a more stronger sense, recently, is that this is really about complexity, and it's about fragility, and the more complex a system gets, the larger it gets, uh, the more difficult it is to maintain, unless it can be kept simple, and simplicity is the beauty of 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 the world, really, uh, um, but we have built systems that are no longer simple uh, all of these systems that uh, that i'm mentioning the uh, governance systems the uh, legislating systems the economic systems the education systems the healthcare systems the business models uh, globali- globalization for example which just was completely blown out of the water over the last 6 months Um, and is being rethought and refunk, um, by many, many people, um, in, in business and commerce and, and food production, (laughs) you know, it really is across the board. Uh, but anyway, when, when you have a complex system, uh, it, it can break. And what we are seeing in my opinion is Exactly that. We are seeing a system that has become over-complexified to the point where it can no longer be managed. And it is showing the cracks. It's breaking. A lot of it is already broken. The economic system is absolutely broken. We have uh, some 40 million Americans that are not working that were working six months ago, call it 30 million. If you want to be conservative and say that, uh, you know, th- that some of those people have gotten back to work. Many of those jobs will never come back. Many of those people are going to lose their homes. There are going to be foreclosures again, like crazy. There are going to be bankruptcies like crazy. Many small businesses will not be able to survive. Um, Yet the stock market uh, is back up over 26,000 or something crazy like that. Well, that's a broken system. The stock market used to be indicative or at least a reasonably good gauge of the street, you know, what was happening on Main Street USA. But many years ago, the stock market and the equities markets and the and the bond markets and the currency markets, they they, they were converted from traditional sort of saving type investment to casino type investment, and you know the days of investing in companies and then getting your dividend, you know, at the uh, at the end of the quarter and you know just put your money into uh, a particular stock or fund and just leaving it there, you know, for you know, for many many years. Yeah, I guess there's a little bit of that going on now, but there's a there's a whole lot of movement of money and movement of funds and and it's really much more of a gamble um now than it than it was say 25 years ago even. And now the algorithms have taken over everything with regard to the uh the economic markets. In other words, the computers are making all the trades and there's very little human interaction, uh, like there was even a few years back, you know, the, the, the floor of the New York stock exchange is no longer bustling with people, um, screaming and hollering and waving uh, tickets up in the air, uh, buying and selling stocks. Those days are over. Um, but at any rate, uh, the economic model is clearly broken. Um, now you have all kinds of other ideas that are being thrown into the mix. Uh, modern monetary theory being the most, uh, the most recent. And God help us if, if, uh, if that is implemented any further. That's basically, uh, you know, the nutshell of that. It's just the government has the ability to make money. In other words, create money out of thin air. This is what the Federal Reserve does, and there's a whole nother racket. But uh, modern monetary theory basically says, well, okay, so the government has the ability to coin money to create money. So let's just create as much of it as we need, and then just give it to everybody, and and you know, and and see what happens. But uh, they they don't realize, I guess, that all you're doing is inflating your currency and devaluing it. If there are a million dollars in the world, you know, it's worth whatever it's worth. If there are $2 million in the world, well now whatever it was worth at a million dollars is now, it's now worth half of that. Um, And this is the problem with, with modern monetary theory and with fiat currency theory in in general, Keynesian theory, Keynesian theory and, you know, I'm. I come from the Austrian uh, school of economics, and it's the only sound one out there, in my opinion. Um, but I, I digress a little bit here uh, because I want you to hear this piece from Andreas Antonopoulos, um, because it uh, it dovetails really well with the thoughts that I've been having lately about overcomplexity and the uh, the breakdown of systems because of overcomplexity. Now, there are solutions and the open blockchain uh, technology is, in my opinion, the solution for many of, uh, uh, of the technical problems and certainly the economic problems that we're facing right now. Um, it'll, take, uh, it'll take more earthquakes between now and then before this actually, uh, in my opinion, takes hold. But I think eventually this is where where we're going to end up. So without further delay, this is Andreas Antonopoulos. This was uh, produced just a couple days ago on the 20th of June. It's called Unprecedented Rules Without Rulers. You're listening to it here on Radio Orbit, KOPN Columbia, 89.5 FM. Find me on the web at www.mikehagan.com.
2: So, the word of the season is unprecedented. Unprecedented pandemic, unprecedented economic depression, unprecedented job losses, unprecedented incompetence, unprecedented reactions from people. Are they really unprecedented? And what does it mean for something to be unprecedented? You know, one of the most difficult things for people to adjust to is change. We like to feel that, if anything, the future is a linear projection of the things we are comfortable with, the things we know today, and people adapt very easily to their present environment, um, but they don't do too well with sudden change. Of course, the illusion of continuous and linear progression is exactly that. It's an illusion. And you can see that in the parallels that people are using, trying to explain what is happening today. What is happening in the world? What is happening in geopolitics? What is happening with the pandemic? Everyone has a reference, a favorite reference. This is a bit like the 1918 Spanish flu or the Kansas flu, as it should be called. Um, The... um, The economic depression is like 1929, or maybe 2008, or maybe 2008 on steroids, plus 1929, plus 1918. But we can barely imagine what it would be like to live in 1918, or what was happening at the time. So, um, the Annan Summit would be taking place in the Austro-Hungarian Empire which um, I have visited several times. It's just to the east of Prussia. Um, And uh, of course uh, that doesn't exist anymore, but um, it did at the beginning of the previous century. Today most people don't even know what that is. Uh, When the pandemic happened in 1918, the world was coming out of a world war that represented the end of European empires. Literally, the European landscape was completely transformed and many of the empires that existed simply stopped existing in a matter of just a few years. And yet, we can't predict events like that. We can't imagine such radical discontinuity. If you told someone at the beginning of the 1900s that the Austro-Hungarian Empire wouldn't exist in 20 years. They'd think you were a fool, paranoid, perhaps they didn't have the term conspiracy theorist, but um, if they did, that's the term they would use. And yet, that's exactly what happened. I I remember a few highly discontinuous events in my own life, and I remember the sense of shock and also the word unprecedented. I remember the Berlin Wall coming down in 1989 and I remember clearly what it felt like in 1988. The Soviet Union was eternal. It was unlikely to go anywhere uh, for all intents and purposes. The Cold War had locked in a certain arrangement in Europe and that arrangement was pretty much permanent. No one imagined that anyone could try a revolution or Even weirder, the the whole thing would just collapse because of of a press conference that went wrong. Uh, If you look at the history, it's actually quite ironic, but um, they held a press conference in East Germany saying that they would gradually relax restrictions in crossing the border across the Berlin Wall. But they misphrased it and they said the Berlin Wall won't exist. And within hours, people started attacking it with hammers. History isn't continuous. Um, decades go by when nothing happens and then decades happen in weeks. And we're living through that period of change right now. And that kind of change causes enormous cognitive dissonance. Most people react in a way that represents grief. Grief for the world that is lost, for the past that no longer exists. And As the cliche goes, the five stages of grief start occurring in many, many cycles. So people react with denial, with anger, with bargaining, depression, acceptance. And I think we see a lot of denial, anger, and bargaining happening right now. We're nowhere near um, the potential for acceptance. So the past doesn't give us a good roadmap for the future. Um, One of the interesting uh, topics that has been discussed in many books, but uh, started with a book by Nassim Nicholas Taleb, is the concept of a black swan. The idea that if you don't have a sample of something happening in the past, you can't imagine it happening in the future. So it's about the limitations of human imagination. It's about the limitations of a normal distribution of a normal distribution of the probabilities of events happening. And we're now living in an era of black swans. I have in the past called Bitcoin a black swan machine, a machine that generates black swans. And the internet itself, of course, is a machine that generates black swans. When something happens that's completely discontinuous to our past experience, we try to wrap it in narrative. Narrative that relates it to something we understand. Hoping that relating it in that way will help us make sense. And also that it will help us predict the future. It will allow us to see more clearly what might be coming next. And of course, that's an illusion. But the problem is the narratives are broken. The predominant narratives that came out of the previous century were the narrative of the nation-state replacing empire. They were the narrative of democratic and pseudo-democratic rule. They were the narrative of national borders not secured by kings um, but hastily organized through Um, various treaties. They were the narrative of institutions with oversight, representatives, republics, constitutions, and civil rights. And those narratives also contained um, many dark narratives that we use to understand the world around us. Before the early 1910s, neither communism nor fascism existed as concepts. The practices may have existed in some way or other, but really the narratives that emerge from the 20th century uh, communism and fascism we use those today as crutches. We use them to try to understand what is happening or what might happen in the future. We try to understand the play between democracy, communism, fascism, nationalism, etc. And yet, none of those things really apply. And one of the big reasons none of these things apply is because we're now living in an era of global communication with the Internet. And that changes everything. It changes absolutely everything. The institutions of democratic governance have started to fail and they fail because they don't scale. Not because they're headed by good or evil people, not because they're rotten at the core, not because they've been taken over by mysterious forces, a cabal of um, super intelligent elites who Um, conspire to destroy our world or our way of life. Not because billionaires and soon-to-be trillionaires are pulling the strings of our countries and the world like puppeteers. No, they're failing for much more mundane reasons. They're failing because they are unable to scale to the enormous complexity of a modern world that is super interconnected and that exhibits chaotic behavior and massive information flows that are impossible to process. By this time we should have had benevolent AI overloads, but the science fiction authors of our past were betrayed by the technology implementation of our future. Instead, we have a boring dystopia. The bottom line is that our institutions that are failing are failing because of this inability to scale, to accept the fact that the world has become much more global than it was before. And the institutions can't globalize themselves. So, other things have emerged in order to fit that gap. The gap itself is really interesting because one thing that happens during unprecedented times is that cognitive dissonance and the failure of institutions create two gaps on two different scales. One is a gap of governance and the other one Is a gap of narrative. The gap of governance is when the institutions become incompetent because they fail internally and they're no longer able to solve things. And when an institution isn't solving things, people clamor for it to be replaced. The gap in narrative is more interesting though, Because that gap grows inside the cognitive dissonance between what we are told reality is like and what we perceive reality to be when things are changing very, very rapidly and sometimes in ways that are unpleasant. And we certainly live in a time when things are changing rapidly and unpleasantly. So the narrative is exhibiting a gap. And the institutions are exhibiting a gap. The narrative of superpowers, the narrative of the competent government, the narrative of the stable coin, the narrative of institutions that work efficiently. All of these things are failing and together with those the political narratives of communism, capitalism, fascism, democracy are also failing. They're failing to explain what the hell is going on because they no longer make sense. Now, what happens when you have a narrative gap? The most interesting things that happens is that we now have a narrative machine. And the narrative machine is the internet. It is a machine for producing narratives, and these narratives are instantaneously global, very often viral. It's a meme machine, a memetic system that produces narrative, and it produces narrative much faster than any of the previous mechanisms for producing narrative. Now this is important, and it's important for a really simple reason. Society is narrative. Society is a collection of memes. All of our cultures are just a collection of stories that we have taken down through the generations. And when you have a meme machine operating within a society, then it can rewrite the narrative of society in real time. Ironically, all of this is happening at a time when people are most fearful. They're fearful of things that they don't understand. And in order to understand them, many people ascribe some dark force. They. They are conspiring. They are going to vaccinate us all, implant us with chips, spray chemtrails on us, or whatever they are doing this week. 5G creating coronaviruses, whatever it is, they. They are the mysterious cabal, the conspiracy to control the world. And in every country there might be different they, um, and in many cases they is assigned to government that somehow exhibits incredible um, ability to make decisions and then make those decisions become reality through competent and efficient management. The truth is they're not in control. The reason they are not in control is because the institutions they use to govern are broken. And so the theme of our era is unprecedented incompetence that emerges from an unprecedented collapse of institutions that is caused by unprecedented disruption through the sheer scale of global information flows. If you pay careful attention, you'll notice that right now the dominant discussion is about how this is the end of globalization. The end of free trade flows, the end of free and open travel, the end of open borders in superstates like Europe. Um, the end of all of the wonderful things that globalization brought us. Who's globalization? Wasn't my globalization. Well, it was a bit um, because some of us got an opportunity to implement globalization as a personal strategy. But for the most part, globalization is a game played between massive nation states and massive corporations jockeying for power. And that form of globalization is over. And the reason it's over is because it's fragile. And the reason it's fragile is because it is overwhelmed by information and unable to process it. But just because that form of globalization goes away doesn't mean that another form of globalization doesn't emerge. A humanistic globalization, a person-centered globalization, a globalization when we realize for perhaps the first time at least this century that we all belong to the same human species that happens to have the same Um, biochemical receptors in our lung tissue, and therefore we are susceptible to the same disease. And we react to it in many of the same ways. Some react with fear, some react with hope. Some see the gap and mourn the collapse of institutions that gave them the illusion of stability. But most never had the illusion of stability, and in that gap, we can choose, instead of sowing fear, to sow hope. Here's the bottom line. We do have a new governance model. We do have a new non-institutionalized institution of trust. We do have a global narrative and memetic machine in the form of the internet, and out of that has come an independent network of trust built upon decentralized open blockchains. These independent networks of trust give us a new glimpse of what governance can be when we replace rulers with rules without rulers. The network of trust gives us rules without rulers. And that is a fundamental departure from our status quo. And it's very necessary because the status quo has never had less status. The status quo has failed to rise to the occasion and has left a massive gap. And we are ready to fill that gap, not right away, Some of these things take decades in order to resolve themselves. Sure, the US dollar is worthless, but it can continue to be expensively worthless for another 20 years, being propped up by the sheer will and determination of those who imagine it to be worth something. Unless we change the narrative. And sure, most of the cryptocurrencies and open blockchains we have now are relatively fragile, They're kludgy, they're difficult to use, but that's gonna change. And it's gonna change even more rapidly if we need it to change, if we build solutions to fill that gap. Because right now we can and must lead with hope. We have to look at building solutions instead of arguing about problems. When most of the people who look at open blockchains, things like Bitcoin, they see them and they see anarchy. When you say there are no rulers, people think anarchy. And in fact, they often call us anarchists. I myself am being called an anarchist priest, which is rather ironic since, well, not my character. But Anarchy is not chaos, and this is a fundamental misunderstanding and a very important thing to change in our narrative. Anarchy in the uh, basic essence of the word means no rulers. And until now, without rulers you couldn't have rules. Without institutions and oversight, guidance, hierarchy. Um, accountability, all of those things. You couldn't have rules. Therefore, as soon as you take away rulers, as soon as you take away institutions of oversight, what you get isn't anarchy, it's chaos, because there are no rules. But that's not what anarchy means. Anarchy means no rulers, not no rules. And interestingly enough, we are now bringing to the world a system of rules without rulers in which not only is there no chaos, but quite the opposite. There is a rock-solid determinism, a predictability, a a transparency and accountability that is impossible with traditional systems. And these systems of rules without rulers are global, are open, are neutral. And they're here today. And so that's what we're left with, unprecedented chaos, creating a gap in infrastructure and institutions and a narrative and into that gap, not chaos, but a system of rules without rulers that actually brings solutions instead of fighting about problems. Thank you. If you enjoyed this video, please subscribe, like, and share. All my work is shared for free, so if you wanna support it, join me on Patreon.
0: All right, there you go, the wonderful Andreas Antonopoulos. Hope you enjoyed that. Extremely cogent, I'm telling you, uh, The more you listen to Andreas and, and people uh, who are sending similar messages, uh, it takes a while to sink in, but there really are some some solutions there all right i hope you enjoyed that once again andreas Antonopoulos. if you are interested you can check out the interview that i did with andreas back in i should find it for you now because i mentioned it twice so let's go to the website here and i will go like this and then like that and andreas uh 11, 12, 18, so November 12th, 2018, if you want to hear a two-hour interview uh, that I did with Andreas Antonopoulos about a year and a half ago, extremely worth the time, in my opinion, all right? All right, uh, it is just about midnight, straight up midnight, as a matter of fact, now on uh, June 23rd, 2020, appreciate you all sticking around, glad you listening to the show tonight, I can see a bunch of you online there as well. In fact, uh, I should probably give a couple shouts out here. Over there on the West Coast, people all along the coast there. California, Oregon, Washington, hello. Chicago area, a few folks up there. Probably my mom is one of them, hello. Uh, New York, looks like some people down there in Texas. What do we got outside of the country? Wow, somebody in Japan, at least one person. Bunch of people in Europe, a few people in India. Anyway, all right. uh, Thanks. Hello, everyone. Appreciate you listening. And if you do not get the live broadcast, once again, you can uh, get a copy of this uh, program in your podcast player if you uh, go to the website and subscribe to the podcast. All right. Uh, Welcome to the show. Second hour of the program is going to be the last hour of the program tonight. It's KOPN Columbia, 89.5 FM. My name is Mike Hagan. This is Radio Orbit. Uh, What we're doing here due to the coronavirus situation which uh, Andreas uh, spoke a little bit about. Um, We haven't had direct access to the station for quite some time. Uh, I've been coming back now for about three weeks, Uh, but we're trying now to make the station more accessible to all of the uh, programmers if they... Choose to come in and do their show. A number of programmers have decided that uh, it's more appropriate for them to do their shows from home. They've got the technology and the equipment or whatever, and they can produce the shows at home uh, as well as they could produce them here at the station. I am not one of them, but um, we are going to have more and more people coming down here to the station. Now, uh, I won't go into all the protocols that we have here, but we are being very careful. And what that means is we're going to have some. uh, Speaking of gaps. andreas was talking about gaps we certainly have them but we're going to have a gap in um the period of time when people are here at the station so we always want to have one hour minimum in between times that there are people here so for example uh there was nobody here from 10 to 11 uh and then um i'm here at 11 till 2 and then normally we would have eric p sound legacy at 2 o'clock until 5:30. eric's been producing his show from home but he's going to start coming back here to the studio. So that means I need to get out of here an hour earlier, uh, once every couple weeks. Uh, so there's an hour of time in between the end of my show and the time that Eric gets here. So, uh, so that's going to be the case tonight. I'll be with you for another uh, 57 minutes or so. And then um, you'll have an hour of uh, sort of automated programming. I'm not sure exactly what they'll have for you. Probably something related to radio orbit. Maybe it's an old, um, maybe one of it's my older broadcasts. I don't know. Um, at any rate, uh, and then Eric will be with you at at, at 2 o'clock, okay? All right. So uh, in the meantime, I'm going to play another piece of music from my friend Andrew Ryan. Great new music from Andrew. He has got uh, a new album that is called Wild Terrain. You cannot delete yourself. And we're going to check out a new one from him. This one is called The Loneliest. And if you want information about Andrew. You can find that on my website as well. Just go to the homepage there at MikeHagan.com and scroll down to uh, tonight's program. I got a little bit of a description there. And it says open lines and then it says in music by Andrew Ryan. If you click on Andrew Ryan, that'll take you over to his Bandcamp page. And I'm actually listening to him on Spotify tonight. <clears throat> but... You can check out his music and read a little bit about him, okay? Um, in the meantime, I will give you the phone numbers once again. If anybody has any comment on the piece that we just heard from Andrea Antonopoulos about complexity, black swans, open blockchains, uh, collapsing nation states, etc., uh, the number 573-443-7380 or 573-443-8255. Either one of those will get you here to me. Once again, 443-7380, 443-8255. We'll hear one from Andrew Ryan. Come back and chat with you if you would like. Otherwise, we'll uh, talk about something else. All right, it's Mike, uh, Radio Orbit, KOPN Columbia, 89.5 FM, streaming on the web, KOPN.org. This is Andrew Ryan, and a song called The Loneliest.
1: Sight at night with the moon. There's a winter white rose in bloom. I just worked all night just to fight. With you. And sometimes when I feel the loneliest. And sometimes when I feel the loneliest. With you. With you. At night, with the stars, there's a winter white rose in the yard. I just worked all night just to fight. With you sometimes when I feel the loneliest, sometimes when I feel the loneliest, sometimes when I feel loneliest I feel the lonely
0: This new record called Wild Terrain slash You Cannot Delete Yourself. That one's called The Loneliest. Beautiful, sad stuff. I tell you, Andrew can write some sad songs. I tell you that much. Okay. Um, KOP on Columbia, 89.5 FM. Let me tell you that this program is brought to you by listener support and a donation from Quantum Wireless Services. Serving mid-Missouri since 2012 quantum wireless internet provides internet television and phone services to residential and business customers. More information is available at quantumwirelessinternet.com or by calling five, seven, three, two, five, six, one, one, six, six quantum wireless internet, a connection to the digital world. Okay. Got my business taken care of there. Okay. I have something else that I'd like to play for you. And, uh, This one may be a little bit more controversial, but it was sent to me and I've been a little bit concerned about this whole business of contact tracing anyhow, so might as well see if we can push a few buttons here. Um, Contact tracing is uh, basically um, an attempt to track down individuals who have a particular virus and who they've been in contact with. Um, over the course of the preceding days, weeks, months, etc., uh, This has been pioneered in China. Uh, months ago, I played a piece on this program that had to do with contact tracing in China and how it was being used um, in order to basically uh, effectively function in Chinese society, uh, it's a, it's a necessity now that, uh, that is being essentially forced on, uh, on everyone. And there are extreme, uh, personal privacy and liberty issues that are brought up by this business. And when you involve technology like smartphones, um, it uh, it gets pretty scary in my opinion. So uh, I'm sure other people maybe think that it's something that is necessary. I don't. Uh, I don't. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm gonna play a piece here that is uh, sort of a about a 23 24 minute documentary on contact tracing and i don't know how well it's going to come across on audio only because uh it is a youtube piece hopefully it will be um, understandable i'll be watching and listening close and if it turns out that it's not uh i will uh i'll i'll shut it down and uh, and and we'll do something else okay anyway uh contact tracing very scary and i uh have a piece here that will kind of uh show you a little bit about that, okay? All right, it's Mike. You're listening to Radio Orbit on KOPN Columbia, 89.5 FM, on the web at uh, www.mikehagan.com. And this particular uh, piece can be found at the Radio Orbit forum. I should bounce over there, as a matter of fact, and say hi. There are 58 people online over there right now, so hello to all the folks at the forum who are listening and uh, participating over there. There's a live chat room and other things that can be utilized if uh, if you're into it. But this particular piece on um, on contact tracing, I've got posted up there on the forum. I also had that piece from Andreas Antonopoulos that was uh, uh, played just a little bit ago. That's up there on the forum as well. I'm going to mention the phone numbers one more time: five seven three four four three seven three eight zero, five seven three four four three eight two five five. I'll give you a couple minutes if you want to get in here and give me a call. If not, we will. Uh, We'll go to this piece on contact tracing that uh, I'd like you all to check out. I'll do space weather in uh, a little bit here toward the end of the program. We can get in a little bit of space weather, I think, and maybe get a couple news stories in. But I'll be out of here at 1 o'clock, like I was mentioning a little bit earlier, and we'll have the station free for an hour before uh, Eric P's Sound Legacy comes at you, okay? All right, um, let's see. Contact tracing. Let's see some of these. Uh, Yeah, some of the comments are interesting as well. You know, that's uh, one of the most interesting parts of uh, information sharing on the Internet, uh, including, you know, videos that may be on YouTube or BitTube or BitChute or, um, you know, stories on bulletin boards or stories on, you know, the websites of uh, mainstream media players, although most of them don't allow it anymore. Um, they don 't allow comments because the comments were too smart for for most of those folks, and they couldn't handle the couldn 't handle the heat so uh, oftentimes you 're not even allowed to leave comments, but on the stories and uh, articles and videos that you are allowed to leave comments on, the comments are oftentimes as enlightening or certainly as interesting as the material that 's presented in the uh, in, in the actual original, uh, production, you know? So anyway, uh, let's, uh, let's get to this here. Okay. Um, the, uh, title of this piece is contact tracing scarier. Could you possibly imagine? Question mark. All right. So they're certainly, uh, not hiding the way that they feel about it up front, but I'm gonna let you listen to it right now. I'll be back in about 25 minutes. It's Mike radio orbit, KOPN Columbia.
3: You have probably heard of contact tracing through your governor, through the news, as things that need to be implemented before we can go back to normal. But what is contact tracing? Let me share it with you and you're going to be freaked out by the end of this video. Now, now what I did is, I was very interested in this, so I went ahead and I got two certificates in terms of what it was to become a contact tracer. So I spent about nine hours. We're gonna wrap it up here in about 20 minutes to just give you the highlights of what contact tracing entails and how it's going to affect you. Because I guarantee you, it will affect you and your family.
4: We talk about saving the lives and the livelihood of the American people and, and of course, the life of our democracy. So in terms of saving lives, the only way we're going to have uh, rid ourselves of this as well as open up our economy uh, is evidence science-based testing, 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 testing. Just think of the T's. Testing, tracing, treatment, and isolation then when necessary, of course, with social distancing.
3: So let's look at the main points. Now, This is if you have COVID-19. You can either be done by test or by symptoms. Now, what our contact tracers know is that you can infect two days before and up to 10 days after. And how you can infect people is there's three definitions that were given in contact tracing school. One is physical. So you're hugging someone, you are kissing them, high-fiving them. Any physical contact, you could have given it to them. If you're close, within six feet for more than 10 minutes, so you're talking to someone and you're within that six feet social distancing number, well, you could infect them then. Let's say you're more than six feet apart, but for a longer time. At this point, you're thinking movie theaters, airplanes, trains, restaurants, so maybe not direct contact with somebody, but they're in the vicinity of the area for longer than 30 to 40 minutes. Now, what's gonna happen is once you get a test that is positive it goes to a tracer and that tracer is going to do some research on you find out a little bit about you and give you a call now they're going to tell you that you you tested positive and that you need to be isolated for a minimum of 10 days on the onset And it has to be within three, no fever for three days. So if you're on day nine, but you still have a fever, you need to add another three days until your fever is cleared. And by isolation, I mean total isolation. This is nobody near you, even your dog can't be there. So you can see here that specifically with a person that is symptomatic, They should maintain separation from household animals as they would any other household members and avoid direct contact with any of your pets. So you cannot contact your pets, people, anybody in your family. You need to be completely isolated. Now what that means is you could have to go into a hotel room um, if you have no way of not sharing a bathroom or any space. They will check that out. So you'll have to show like video evidence if the conference is done via teleconference. Walk them around your house. Let them know that you have space to be isolated. Now the next is quarantine. Quarantine means I am healthy. I have no symptoms. I have not contacted the disease. But maybe for 14 days, they're going to check to make sure that I haven't. So that means again that I cannot leave my house. And as a contact tracer, I'm supposed to set you up with social services. So if you have kids um, and you have no one to care for them, we'll take your kids, we'll take care of that. If you have need groceries, we'll do groceries, but you literally cannot be in contact with anybody and you cannot leave your house. Even if you're healthy, you are still quarantined not to be leaving the house. Unfortunately, you could be totally healthy, get out of quarantine, and guess what? Be at a restaurant, someone else in the vicinity has it, be quarantined again. Now, I'm not sure what happened with all the other states, but what we did in California is we passed a workman's comp law that's in effect to the end of July. That workman's comp is going to take care of all of that for any employee, no matter where you contract contact it. The Uh, employers are going to be held responsible. I'm not sure what that is in all the other states, but it's something that passed here just recently. And who knows if that will get extended. Okay. So isolation and quarantine basically means the same thing, except quarantine is a little bit longer, right? So you're sick, you only have 10 more days. If you're quarantined, 14 days. What does this look like in normal time? Okay. So they're going to want to know as a contact tracer, um, I call you up, I tell you, you become positive. We've looked at your house through a video conference so you can show me that you have a place to isolate. And then I'm going to ask you, who did you come in contact with? And I'm going to tell you, if you tell me, oh, I don't know, I'm going to tell you to look at your phone and we can do it together and look at your social media and we'll figure out where you have been. And you need to make sure you know your movies, flight numbers, and anything with large venues. Now, some of the places, what they've already instituted now, or you have to put your contact information when you go to a restaurant, you go to a hair salon, any of those things, because that way they can track you. But you would say, I went to this movie, or I went to this restaurant, everybody who's at that restaurant would be contacted then by the contact tracer. So let's say, unfortunately, I got it. Well, guess what? My family would have to be quarantined and not just for the 10 days. They have to be quarantined for 14 days because it would be also the last time they had contact with me. So on day four, my test comes back positive. Now they have 14 days from day four, the last day that they had contact with me. And they have to be completely isolated from me. Let's say I was on a train. We were all sitting on the same cabin because I was getting to work and there was 10, 15 people on that train. All of them would need to be quarantined. I had gone to work. Everybody at work would need to be quarantined. I went to a restaurant after work. All of them would need to be quarantined. Can you see how a disease, when it is already widely spread, this doesn't make sense to quarantine the population in terms of you could get quarantined again and again and again. Even though you're healthy and never sick, you will not be allowed to leave your house. Now, you've been hearing that this is all voluntary. You'll hear it throughout the, the speeches. I've listened to a lot of governors. I'll put on the Washington governor really quickly so you can hear him say, oh yeah, it's, they, they'll follow it. But let me show you before I do that, a couple of the documents that are out there. This is right on his website. He's already rolled out the plan. And basically you can read this, request for voluntary quarantine. This is for somebody you're the legal guardian at It tells you to go and remain at the address by the date and time. And then I love this. It is very important that you comply with this request for voluntary quarantine. Remember, I'm not sick. Nobody's sick. Your health and the health of others depend on it. If you do not comply with this request for voluntary quarantine, we may use a detention order enforced by the police to assure your compliance. Hmm. That's the strangest voluntary request I've ever received. And then this is also on the website. And I've put everything here because obviously go research this stuff yourself. But you can see here, if you use a court order because someone is not following, they have non-compliance, you can be incarcerated and fined up to $2,000 per day. Let me show you the governor so let me show you how he's spinning it for somebody who does not follow direction
5: hi governor when it comes to contact tracing how are you guys going to handle people or families who want to refuse a test or to isolate if they want to leave their home to get groceries i know you said they can't do that how will you make sure they don't well that's why i referred to the family support personnel we will have attached to the families a family support person will check in with them to see what they need on a daily basis, see how they're doing, see how they're faring, and help them. If, if, if they if, if they can't get a friend to do their grocery shopping, uh, we will help get them groceries in some fashion. If they need pharmaceuticals to be picked up, we can help make sure that they get their pharmaceuticals. So that's why we want to provide them family support. As far as refusal, it just shouldn't come to that. It really hasn't. We've had uh, Really good success when we've asked people to isolate, they've done so in the real high percentages. So, uh, we're happy about that, and we believe that that will continue.
3: So, remember, everybody that will be quarantined will be 14 days from the last contact, and this there's no minimum times. This could be indefinite. Now, you're thinking, there's just no way, like, what about my privacy? How do I have to share this information? And I can tell you when I went through the contact tracing classes, they tout that you are doing this contact tracing for the the greater good. You are helping people not spread the disease. It is very important that, that people have privacy. But when it comes to the greater good, your privacy is null and void. Now, as soon as you get a positive test result, this goes directly to an electronic database. Let me tell you I took this directly off the training website that the isolation or quarantine can be mandated and enforced and there's other health enforcement such as vaccines are requirements to take medicine because you cannot be risk being infected and giving it to others.
5: When you're tested for COVID-19, you might assume that your test result will stay confidential with your doctor and the health department. After all, that's how it usually works with medical information, but we're living in unusual times. The Associated Press has revealed that across America there's widespread sharing of medical information between health officials and law enforcement. Denver is doing it. So is El Paso County. It is law enforcement specific information that is only in our computer-aided dispatch. Jacqueline Kirby is with the El Paso County Sheriff's Office. She says addresses are flagged identifying homes of people who have tested positive for COVID-19. We get sensitive information all the time. We have have cautions
3: on addresses for a myriad of reasons. And this is just an additional layer of protection for our deputies. I want to share with you, this is just something in California, that's where I'm located. But you can read here, and I'm assuming that a lot of other states have similar things. This shows that they can, because you can see here, a threat of a communicable disease outbreak or epidemic that threatens the public health, it gives them a the rights to do this. Adopt and enforce regulations requiring strict or modified isolations or quarantine for any contagious infections or communicable diseases. It takes measures as necessary to ascertain the nature of disease and prevent its spread. It can take control of the body of any living person or the corpse of any deceased. It can quarantine, isolate, inspect and disaffect persons, animal, houses, rooms and other property. So based on what we have right now, I don't have any privacy rights. You can see here, this is just New Jersey. I just wanted to throw this out there because other states have laws. This was enacted in 2005. So I suggest you go start researching what is allowed in your state and what rights you have given up when you start looking at a disease that could pose a risk to the health of the population.
5: Let me put it very clearly. You have no constitutional right to endanger the public and spread the disease, even if you disagree. You have no right not to be vaccinated. You have no right not to wear a mask. You have no right to open up your business. Wait, can I stop you? Did, yeah. No right not to be vaccinated, meaning if they decide yeah. you have to be yeah. vaccinated, we have to Absolutely. be vaccinated? Absolutely. And if you refuse to be vaccinated, the state has the power to literally take you to a doctor's office and plunge a needle into your arm. If the vaccination is is to prevent, if the vaccination is designed to prevent the spreading disease. If the vaccination is only to prevent a disease that you will get, for example, if there's a disease that will kill you, you have the right to refuse that, but you have no right to refuse to be vaccinated against a uh, contagious disease. Public health, the police power of the constitution gives the state the power to compel that. And there are cases in the United States that bring forth.
3: So they talked about tools available for contact tracing because they said, you know, in California, we're supposed to have 20,000 contact tracers for our population. They said, you might get a lot of these cases. So you might be doing a couple hundred, 500,000 a day. How else can we do it? And I thought this was weird, but they talk about China and North Korea. They say China and North Korea have a great system because they have a centralized database. And this database has everybody's phone number and they're given a unique code. And these codes track them through GPS. So as soon as they're in contact or somebody has it, they can send a notice out to everybody and they automatically know that they've been infected. We don't have that in the USA. So it was weird that they brought that up. However, they wanted to share was a great system they started talking about the USA and that they have smartphone apps and also that businesses should be taking information if somebody comes infected at this point until apps are more widespread. I wanted to share about apps because you've heard they're voluntary. They're voluntary and right now in the US, there's some apps out there and we'll look at those, but they're about 2% of the people have downloaded them and they said they need at least 50 to 70% of the population to download it to make apps effective. But how do these apps work? Well, let me share what they're doing in India. So India released an app and they said, this is a voluntary app. You do not need to download it. However, get this, in order to go anywhere, You have to have the app. So if you want to get on a plane, you have to show the app that you are not under quarantine or isolation. You want to get into work? You have to show your app. You want to get on a train? You have to show your app. So they said, oh, it's voluntary. They had the most downloads, more than Pokemon Go, because guess what? You couldn't go back to life without downloading the app. Now I also put here New Zealand's app. What they do is they give you a QR code. You have to scan that QR code to get anywhere. So if you're supposed to be on quarantine or isolated, guess what? You're not getting anywhere because your app doesn't show you're cleared. So that's how they're really able to enforce this without a a huge police or military presence because you just can't go anywhere without the app. You can't get in the grocery store because they're going to have a QR code where you need to scan in. Now, You may be thinking, well, do they even have that in the United States? Well, here's four states that already have their app ready to be downloaded. And like I said, they're at about 2% right now. Um, But you might have noticed this on your iPhone the other day. This showed a software update. And if you didn't see it, you might have already got the automatic update. But basically it says this allows um, COVID-19 contact tracing apps to work. And you may not even have known it. It was a very quick little update, but it has already come to the United States. Recently, Google and Apple just gave out some information. I thought this was great. Here's the website at the at the bottom. Obviously, I want you to do your own research, but you can kind of see here how it works that you could see that you're close to somebody and you get a notification that, uh-oh, you need to be quarantined, you were too close, someone had it, and then listen to this. In this second phase in the coming months, this is really interesting because it talks about that they're gonna use Bluetooth in the first phase, but without requiring an app to be installed. If a match is detected, the user will be notified. And if the user has not already downloaded an official public health authority app, they will be prompted to download an official app and advised on next steps. You're not gonna have a choice. They're telling you it's, it's voluntary at this point, but so was social distancing and then we got locked down in our house. So it is not voluntary. This is happening. And you need to be aware. So I suggest this is a great document. Pull up this COVID-19 document that Apple and Google gave out. It really talks about all the different things that are gonna happen because of the app. And it is scary. Just to kind of share with you the different states. If you think your state is exempt because of, it might be a red state versus a blue state, every state is doing this. Okay, so I would suggest checking out this Bill HR 6666. And basically, there's a hundred billion dollars that they're asking for 2020, and additional years for subsequent fiscal year financing for 2021 and beyond. So if you think this isn't happening, and you think they're not investing a lot of money in it, they are. They're trying to get a hundred billion dollars to track and trace us and keep us quarantined. How do you think they're going to allow you to get back into? society without being quarantined and isolated again and again and again especially as disease spreads or we do more testing and we realize that maybe there's a lot of people out there that have it that just don't show symptoms but they'll need to be isolated you'll see that there's 120 antibody tests in general these tests are not reliable for the individuals to act based on the results so basically they're saying even if you have antibodies to the coronavirus it's still unknown if that protects you from getting sick again There's probably only one way that you're going to be able to get out of your house and that's going to be to be vaccinated. So just watch out for that because that is really becoming a hot topic of of the vaccination. And that might be the only way that you're going to be released out of this tracking and tracing in terms of being allowed to go into stores. Um, I wanted to share this last video with you and and I I thought it was interesting. Um, I'll put it that way and, and end with that video. But Start thinking about this tracking and tracing and really, what's the purpose? It makes sense if something was small and the outbreak was small and they could actually track and trace it, but at this point, it's so widespread. What is the value? With that,
4: Jack Windsor, WMFD-TV, Mansfield. Uh, Governor, I'm the last question, and uh, my question is for you. And it's gonna be a very sensitive question, and I'm gonna do my best to be intentional so that it's not misrepresented. Uh, Today, it sounds as if we're pivoting from COVID to larger social issues like housing, education, and transportation. Uh, I know in past pressers, we've learned about Dr. Paul Farmer and Partners in Health working with us on contact tracing. Uh, Looking at the Partners in Health website, contact tracing seems to be part of a larger social agenda for Partners in Health. Uh, The site states uh, a vision to rectify, quote, structural violence of capitalism, which the organization sees as the root cause of things such as uh, racism, gender inequality, xenophobia, and homophobia. Now, I'm not questioning the injustice of those things, Governor, so let me be very clear about that. What my question is, can you tell us why you chose to partner with an organization that demonizes capitalism and seems to be rooted in liberation theology based on Marxist ideals?
6: Well, I've never uh, always agreed with Paul Farmer, uh, who started it, and uh, m- many of his ideas. Uh, but he he and the organization have had an ability to deliver health services. Um, I'm, my wife Fran and I are very familiar with this in Haiti. Uh, we've, we've seen what he has done in Haiti. We've visited Haiti over, over 20 times, and so that's just something that we do in our private lives. And so, the partners with health, we don't, you don't have to accept the ideology uh, of Paul or anybody else. But what I'm interested in is, is getting things done, and they're not the ones who are doing it on the ground. The uh, people who are going to be doing it on the ground are Ohioans. Uh, but, you know, they, they serve as a consultant. Uh, they have done this type of work, um, not only in the United States, but, but around the world. Uh, they're pretty darn good at it. And so I'm going to take help from wherever I can get help and wherever I find expertise. I, I don't have to agree with everyone's uh, ideology or, or what they think about uh, everything in the world, and to, to, to accept that, to be able to use their help. Uh, we're in a war. We're in a battle. We're going to put the best people we can on the field. Uh, the best people are the Ohioans, but we're going to get, we're going to get some help from this group because uh, they've done
0: some of these things before. All right, there you go, a little bit of information on contact tracing and what it means. So uh, I'm sure there are differing opinions on that for me. Uh, I I find it Orwellian and and frightening, not because of coronavirus, uh, but because that it can be utilized as a uh, as a tool of control, <clears throat> and and that's that's something that uh, it will will be done. It it, it will be used, uh, you know, for many other things uh, if if it's allowed. If it's allowed to happen, you know, in China right now they have, uh, it, it made the news a little bit here in the U.S. a while back, you don't hear much about it now, but they call it a social credit system. So, you know, here in the U S you have a credit score, uh, I guess anywhere really in the, in the Western world. And I guess, uh, wherever there's really, uh, uh developed economies, people have a credit score and, you know, that determines your, uh, ability to secure a loan, for example, if you want to buy a home, buy a house, or or buy a car, or get a credit card. Um, And if you don't have a good credit rating, it's hard to get uh, people to loan you money. If you can now take that same concept and apply it to things outside of finance. Um, In China, for example, now uh, people are given a social credit score and so you get points for certain things and you lose points for certain things perhaps the people that you hang out with or the places that you go or this or the uh the the articles that you read on the internet the websites that you visit uh, the emails that you get the text messages that you send all of this stuff is analyzed all of it and a score is given And if your score isn't good enough, you can't get on a plane. You can't leave your province. And that's happening. That's real. And that is not about viruses. Uh, And so it's very easy to see uh, how contact tracing, which is an absolute violation of all kinds of, 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 of constitutional rights. I don't care what Dershowitz says. He's a douche. Uh, but Fourth Amendment in particular and uh, I'm sure that there are some very serious arguments that are going on in in, in the legal sphere right now but at any rate uh, it's frightening one way or the other whether you think it's legal or whether you don't whether you agree with the constitutionality or the unconstitutionality of it is, that doesn't matter um, it's basically giving other humans you know, and machines now. You know, AI is going to be involved in all this stuff. That's the way these apps all work. The ability to determine if you are uh, able, not able, that's not the right word, if you are allowed to participate in the world. It's simple as that. If you are contacted, by a contact tracer, and this stuff comes to fruition, and they say, "I'm sorry, you were in contact with somebody who had, uh, you know, COVID or whatever." You know, there 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 will be future viruses. You know, um, then you will automatically, it seems, uh, be compelled, whether they say it's voluntary or not. I'm looking at some of the forms right here. It certainly does not sound voluntary with they, when they say if you do not voluntarily comply that they will then contact the authorities and you can be jailed and fined this is in washington and in california in new jersey in ohio so you know i guess uh, i guess we'll just have to see like so many other things but i hope here in missouri there are serious conversations about the uh Implications of contact tracing and what it means uh, in a larger sense uh, outside of the medical sphere and the legality of it overall, including uh, the medical sphere. All right, it's Mike. You listen to Radio Orbit on KOPN Columbia, 89.5 FM. One here from Andrew Ryan. This one is called This Weight. You listen to it here. It's KOPN 89.5 FM. On the web at kopn.org. For me, www.mikehagan.com. Once again, this is Andrew Ryan.
1: then There lies an answer That the wind slowly pulls in Like a funeral in the summer Of an old friend For myself
0: Another nice one there from Andrew Ryan. New stuff from Andrew recently. That's a, real, a new record called Wild Terrain. You cannot delete yourself. We'll hear the title track, Wild Terrain, in a few minutes here uh, toward the top of the hour. All right, it's Mike, and you're listening to Radio Orbit on KOPN Columbia, 89.5 FM. Hope you're all doing well tonight. Appreciate you listening in on the program. And let's do a quick little bit of space weather here. Uh, let's see, Comet NEOWISE is approaching the sun. I talked about it a little bit last week. Uh, comet NEOWISE C2020F3 is plunging toward the sun for a close encounter near the orbit of Mercury. That'll happen around July 3rd, and the comet has now entered the field of uh, the field of view of the SOHO coronagraph SOHO I've mentioned it before on the program uh, that stands for solar and heliospheric observatory but SOHO C3 is a a particular um, uh, machine uh, that is uh, on the SOHO spacecraft which is a, a satellite that observes the sun constantly and right now this particular comet is now in the field of view of soho c3 the coronagraph so um for the next week uh, you can see how the comet is actually reacting to the intensifying heat that the sun uh, provides and i'll try to give you an update next week and tell you if anything's happened sometimes the comet will break up when this occurs the closer it gets to the sun sometimes they don't survive The trip around the Sun Uh, other ones uh, you know are periodic comets that come every so often Halley's comet of course being probably the most famous of those but uh, some comets have no problem making the trip all the way around the Sun and then back out into into the reaches of space uh, for many 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 years sometimes hundreds of years sometimes thousands of years before they return Anyway, uh, Comet Neowise C2020F3. Uh, this is the first time that it's uh, approached, as far as we know. It could have approached, you know, prior to our ability to detect this type of thing. Uh, but for our uh, for our knowledge, um, this is the first time that we've seen it approach the sun. So we do not know if it will survive the trip around the sun. But we'll be watching it, and I'll let you know next week uh, what's happening. Okay. All right. Um, I mentioned Noctilucent Clouds last week. This time of year, you get to see some pretty cool stuff. You can read a little bit about Noctilucent Clouds on spaceweather.com. What's uh, happening on the All Sky Fireball Network. I'm going to kind of do an abbreviated uh, episode of space weather here because we're kind of running short on time. And I'm going to be out of here at 1 o'clock this evening as opposed to 2 o'clock or this morning, I should say. Um, we're going to have a, an hour of downtime uh, so we've got no one in the studio here between the time that I finish and, uh, Eric P. sound legacy starts at, uh, at two o'clock. All right. All right. Uh, every night, the NASA all sky cameras and a network of them uh, scan the skies above the United States for meteoritic fireballs. And on June 22nd, there were a total of 23 sporadic fireballs. It's quite a few for the day yesterday. And, uh, Let's see if we've got any uh, potentially hazardous asteroids to talk about. These are relatively... The, the, uh, the sporadics that I was talking about, those are relatively small objects, typically. Um, the camera uh, system and the software that runs it, of course, are looking for larger objects that might be a threat to, uh, to the planet. Uh, 1.3 lunar distances. We've got, we've got a about a 10-meter asteroid that's going to be approaching the planet on the 27th of June. Relatively close encounter. That's about 250, maybe 300,000 miles from us, this uh, 2020 MF1. Other than that, uh, nothing too serious it doesn't look like couple pretty big rocks out there though flying around and a whole bunch of them that we haven't identified this is a major uh, concern to astronomers and uh, long-term history buffs people who like to look into deep time and they realize that the planet has been uh, hit before or had some sort of contact with other heavenly objects and when that happens oftentimes it can be devastating and cause major change on planet Earth. In fact, uh, different epochs of uh, biological life uh, have been uh, triggered and uh, ended by impacts with, uh, with space objects. So it is something that uh, has occurred in the past. And uh, the uh, probabilities say that it will certainly occur again in the future. And so we try to keep our eyes open and uh, try to identify any particular threat that might uh, avail itself out there, and uh, people are always looking for these things, and there's a bunch of automated systems around the planet that do it as well. Now, a lot of uh, uh, independent and amateur or semi-professional, I guess, uh, amateur astronomer, I guess is the best way to put it, a lot of people do that... uh, for, uh, for fun, and also to get to name the object. You know, if you discover something that hasn't been found uh, by anyone else, I guess that's why they call it discovery, um, you get to name it. And if you spot a comet before somebody else spots it, and you can verify it and get uh, confirmation from other sources around the planet, you will get credit for identifying uh, or discovering that particular comet. And it will be named in some way, shape, or form after you. Same thing goes for large asteroids that are floating around out there around the planet. So kind of cool. All right. Uh, Let's see. We had new moon yesterday. We also had the uh, summer solstice on the 20th, as a matter of fact. It was at about about 5 p.m. on the 20th this year. Um, normally the 21st people associate with the solstice, but it can be anywhere from the 20th to like the 23rd, usually around the 21st or the 22nd though. But uh, the middle of summer, uh, the longest day of the year, June 21st or 20th in, uh, in, in this case. Um, now, between now and uh, December 21st, the days will get shorter, which really means that the sun will be above the horizon or fewer and fewer minutes every day between now and December 21st and it will be of equal time on uh, around the 21st or 22nd of September the equinox of course is the uh, time of year or the day or the moment where you have an equal amount of uh, daylight and um, and dark and really again it's really not about daylight and darkness it's about the amount of time that the sun is actually above the horizon and on the equinox it's exactly 12 hours and uh on the solstices it's the opposite of that it can be uh, I, you know in, on june 21st the sun's in the above the horizon for in the northern hemisphere you know for uh for upwards of you know 13 14 hours okay well uh it's been a pleasure and uh come on back next week and we'll do this all again in the meantime, I'm going to leave you one with uh, I'm going to leave you with one from my friend Andrew Ryan, the title track of his most recently released album. It's called Wild Terrain. You cannot delete yourself, and we'll have uh, an hour of automated programming, and then Eric P's Sound Legacy coming at you from uh, two o'clock until five thirty. Morning air from five thirty to eight o'clock. Amy Goodman with Democracy Now! from eight o'clock until nine. And then on with KOPN's programming into the day on Tuesday. All right, it's Mike. You've been listening to Radio Orbit on KOPN Columbia, 89.5 FM. For information about me and this program, you can find it on the web at www.mikehagan.com. And uh, KOPN, of course, streaming always around this pretty blue planet at www.kopn.org. Appreciate you listening. Be cool to yourself. Be cool to other people. One more time, Andrew Ryan, and this is Wild Terrain.